You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. We're so happy to have you with us today. This is Tuesday, and I'm excited about the opportunity to share with you the living word of God. Thank you. I want you to tag a friend. Let them know that we are alive. You can get us on Facebook, on YouTube. It is going to be a blessing uh, today. Now, we've been talking about the perspective of faith, and we've learned that God's perspective and our perspective as it relates to our faith walk is it is finished. Say that. It is finished. Now, this is our fourth lesson and our final lesson. This is a four-part series, so this is our final lesson. Now, I want to go back to lesson three. I want to uh, reiterate a statement that I made in our last session. I said in, in lesson three that one of the greatest mistakes that we have made in the body of Christ is that we have called spiritual realities promises. Spiritual realities and promises. Let's go back to our definitions, and then we'll give you some examples. We said that a promise uh, is a declaration that one will or will not do something in the future. A declaration that one will or will not do something in the future. All through the Bible, God makes promises to his people, and promises are a good. On the other hand, a spiritual reality is a blessing that has already been provided for based on the finished work of Jesus Christ, a blessing that has already been provided based off the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and in his resurrection. Now, we've learned that if it is past tense, it's a spiritual reality. The action has already taken place. It is not a promise. Now, as it relates, <coughs> pardon me, as it relates to our inheritance in Christ, if you read the New Testament, it communi communicates our inheritance in Christ. And as it relates to our inheritance in Christ, the predominant language is in the past tense. And we walk you through that in lesson three. We walk you through how our inheritance, whether it be acceptance, whether it be our blessings, whether it be healing, whether it be provision, are all communicated and written in the past tense. Okay, now, in today's lesson, my subtopic <coughs> My subtopic is breaking free 
from a promised land mentality, breaking free from a promised land mentality. Now let's go back to a power statement that I made in lesson one. I said that we cannot receive New Testament blessings with an Old Testament mindset. We cannot receive New Testament blessings with an Old Testament mindset. Now, I want you to follow me because I'm going to talk about Israel and then I'm going to switch over and talk about us believers. Here's a statement. We must, talk about Christians, we must not make the same mistake that Israel made under the leadership of Moses. We, Christians, believers, the church, we must not make the same mistake that Israel made under the leadership of Moses. Now, let's go back to these two concepts, promises versus spiritual realities. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, God made promises to Israel. He's speaking to Moses to lead the nation of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Now, listen what he says. God said to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sorrow, and I have come down to deliver them. That's a promise. I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land. That's a promise to a good land, a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Those are promises because they are future. God is promising to do something for the nation of Israel out in the future. That's Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. God says, I have seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their cry. I have come down to deliver them. That's a promise. They, they're not delivered yet at this point. I've come to deliver them out of the land of the Egypt. That's a promise. I've come to bring them into a good land. That's a promise a large land. That's a promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we see in Exodus 3, verse 7 through 8, God makes certain promises to Moses and to the people of Israel. Now, let's shift now to Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 2. And we'll read it from the NIV translation. And here God shifts into a spiritual reality. Listen what the Lord said in the NIV translation. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving 
to the Israelites. I'm going to say that again because that's a spiritual reality. The Lord said to Moses, this is, this is Numbers 13, 1 through 2, the NIV translation. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Now listen at that. Which I am giving to the Israelites. This is not a promise. This is a spiritual reality. God right now is giving Israel the title deed to the land of Canaan. Now, I want to prove from Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 in the New American Standard Bible, I want to give you proof that God gave Israel the land the promised land in Numbers 13, 1 through 2. Now, notice what God says to Joshua. And Moses has died. He said, the people have been in the wilderness for 40 years, and Moses has died. There's a transition from Moses to Joshua. Verse 3, God says to Joshua, every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread. Now notice the tense. I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. Now notice here. The people have been in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses has died. The transition has been made from Moses to Joshua. And God is saying to Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread on, possess, he says, I have given it to you, as I said to Moses. That's a clear revelation that the land was given to the nation of Israel in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 2, 40 years earlier. Now, what was the mistake that Israel made? Israel did not make the transition from a promise to a spiritual reality. And what happened? They died in the wilderness. Now, let's, let's study this, and I want you to listen very carefully because I'm going to transition from talking about Israel to talking about you and I, Christians, those of us who are in the body of Christ. God, I said that they made the mistake. They did not transition from a promise to a spiritual reality. God gave Israel the title deed to Canaan in Numbers 13. A title deed is a document that gives proof of ownership. God gave the title deed of ownership of the land of Canaan to the nation of Israel in Numbers 13. Now listen at this. Israel did not accept ownership because there were people or giants occupying the land, even though the land was legally Israel's. I'll say that again. Israel did not accept 
ownership, even though God gave it to Israel in Numbers 13. They did not accept ownership because there were people occupying the land. The Bible called them giants. Because the giants were in the land, Israel did not receive the ownership that God gave them in Numbers 13. Now, follow me. Even though the Canaanites, the people, were occupying the land, it didn't belong to the Canaanites because Israel had the title deed. God gave the land to Israel. Now, you can say, you, you may ask, how in the world could the land belong to Israel when there are people occupying the land? Well, the Bible says in Psalms 24, 1, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. All of us on earth are not owners. We are possessors, and God can give the land to whoever he wanted to. So he transferred the title deed of the land, even though there were Canaanites on the land, the land then legally belonged to the Canaanites. The Canaanites were squatters. Say that. The Canaanites were squatters. A squatter is a person or a settler who unlawfully with no legal title, occupies a property. A squatter is a person or a settler who unlawfully occupies a property. A squatter. An example, you own vacant real estate. Let's say you own the vacant real estate. You have the title deed, the land, the real estate, the apartment, the condo, whatever it is, it belongs to you. It's vacant, but it belongs to you. And someone moved into your property without permission, no contract, without a lease agreement. They are possessing your land unlawfully. They have possession, but they have possession unlawfully. They are not owners, they are possessors. And as the owner, you have the legal right to dispossess them. You, you have the legal right to kick them off your land. Israel had the legal right to dispossess the Canaanites, to kick them, drive them out of the land. Now, possessing the land would have been a fight. They would have been a, in a fight, but the outcome was already predetermined by the title deed. Sometimes, let's go back to that vacant property that you own, that you have the title deed, and someone moves into your property, onto your property, occupies your property unlawfully, you have the title deed, but they are possessors. Now, you may have a fight to get them off your property, and I'm not talking about a physical fight. I'm talking about a legal fight. You may have to take them to court to get them off your property, call the authorities to get them off your property, it may be a fight, but the outcome is already predetermined because you 
have the title deed. Now, I want you to get this scenario. People, giants are on the land, but they're on the land unlawfully because God has given the land to Israel. But Israel won't accept the ownership, the title deed, because of the giants in the land, the squatters. Okay. Unbelief kept Israel out of their inheritance. Unbelief. Because they had more confidence in the squatters. They had more confidence in the giants than they had in their title deed. I'll say that again. Unbelief kept Israel out of the promised land. Unbelief. Because they had more confidence in the squatters, the giants, than they had in their own title deed. Now, that's the type. That is the scenario that we're going to be working with the rest of the way. And it's a very simple, uh, it's a very simple but yet profound insight. I am saying that we Christians must not make the same mistake that Israel made under the leadership of Moses. I'm saying we should not, but unfortunately, many Christians are making the same mistake. Now, listen to me. Many Christians, talking about believers now, we're not talking about Israel. We're talking about the body of Christ, Christians. Many Christians have not made the transition from promise to spirituality. Many Christians have not made the transition from promise to spiritual reality. They, many Christians, have a promised land mentality. I've got to get into the promised land. I'm believing to get into the promised land. One day I'm going to get in my promised land. They have a promised land mentality. In other words, they're trying to get God to do what he's already done. Many Christians are trying to get God to do what he's already done. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, for example, says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God, and I got my iPad here. If you have any questions now, I don't want to confuse you. I don't want to leave you. You can send your questions in now. Ephesians 1, 3 says that God has blessed us, has blessed us, that's past tense, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, think about the Christians who are trying to get blessed. We even sometimes sing, I'm going to get my blessings. I'm going to get my blessings. We put the blessings over in the future, in the promised land. Uh, for example, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Who his own self 
bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live to righteousness. Now listen at, at this, the, the text. By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes. Now this is a part of our inheritance. You were healed. Now notice it does not say we're going to get healed. It does not say we got to break through and get our healing. It says by Jesus stripes, his redemptive work, what he accomplished 2000 years ago by his stripes, they whipped Jesus before they crucified him. And in the mind of God, every sickness and every disease known to man, past, present, or future, was placed on Jesus' body. He hung on the cross, and when he died, God saw our sicknesses paid for. By his stripes, we were healed. But think about it. Many Christians die in the wilderness of no manifestation and in some cases die physically because they are trying to get God to do what he's already done. Their healing is out in front of them. Their healing is future. And they don't believe that they're healed because they're squatters possessing their land. So they say, heal me. I want you to heal me. I'm believing for God to heal me. God is going to heal me. And none of that is a perspective of faith. That's hope. Hope is always future. And that's why people can make a confession and die because they have not made the transition from a promise to a spiritual reality. A spiritual reality, the action has already taken place. It is already taking place, so you're not trying to get healed. You're not trying to get God to get. No, God says, by whose stripes you were healed. They're trying to get what they already have. Many Christians, Galatians 5, 1 says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Christ has made us free. Passion. Christ has made us free. Passion. Christ has made us free. But think about all the Christians trying to get free from this addiction, this habit, this sin, this situation. They're trying to get free. They're trying to get what they already have. They believe and say things. Talking about Christians, they believe and say that God has them in the wilderness when the reality is they're in the wilderness for the same reason that Israel was in the wilderness. Unbelief. God never intended Israel for to be in the wilderness. God intended for Israel to go through the wilderness 
to the promised land, they stay in the wilderness because of unbelief. Anytime you say God is going to, that's future. That's not the perspective of faith. It will not work. It will not bring manifestation. God is going to. God is going to heal me. God is going to deliver me. God is going to bless me. That's not faith. That simply means you've not accepted the title deed. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, the Amplified Bible, it says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. Faith is now. If I don't believe that I'm healed now, delivered now, free now, blessed now, delivered now, I am not in faith. I may be sincere. I may love Jesus. I may be born again, but I am not in faith. Faith is now. The reason why many are not receiving manifestation is because they have more confidence in the squatters than they do in their title deed. They have more confidence in the sickness, more confidence in the poverty, more confidence in the bondage, more confidence in the failure. Why? Because the sickness, the poverty, the failure, the bondage are squatting on the land. They're possessing the land. And since believers see squatters, sickness on the land, they don't believe their title deed. They have more confidence in the squatters, more confidence in the sickness. I feel sick. The doctor says I'm sick. My body says I'm sick. And I'm not saying get in denial. I'm saying that you have a title deed of healing. You have a title deed of health. You have a title deed of deliverance. You have a title deed of freedom. Now watch this. We cannot receive New Testament blessings with an Old Testament mindset. Now, in our closing, in our closing, in this lesson, and this is our Last lesson. I want you to listen. So how should we respond then? There's squatters on our land. There's sickness. We, we're experiencing sickness. It's a real thing. And I've never communicated we should deny the sickness. The sickness is unlawful. It's an unlawful squatter, an unlawful possessor. The poverty is real. The sickness is real. The bondage is real. All that is real. But I'm saying you have to have confidence in your title deed. What does God say? So how do, should I respond? The word says by whose stripes you will heal. The word says you're blessed. The word says you're redeemed. The word says you have everything that you need for life and godliness. The word says that you're delivered. The word says that you're free from sin. So how do I respond to the past tense of God's word? Now, there are two avenues you have to travel. How do I respond to God 
Avenue A. How do I respond to Satan? Avenue B. Now, how do I respond to God? The way you respond to God is what I have titled the ART acronym, A-R-T, the ART acronym. This is how you respond to God. What God says, you respond according to the ART acronym, A-R-T. A, you agree with what God says in the past tense. If God says that by stripes you were healed, if God says that you were blessed, you are delivered, then you simply agree with it. You say, God, I agree with your word. I agree that I was healed 2,000 years ago. I agree with that. I agree with that. R, that's A, agree. R, receive it. Receive it in the now as a faith reality. I receive my healing that you paid for 2,000 years ago. I receive it now as a faith reality. So my confession is I believe I am healed. I believe I am delivered. I believe I am free. Now I have received it as a faith reality, a now reality. I'm not saying I'm going to be healed. I'm going not, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going, no, no. I say, I believe I am now. I believe I'm delivered from the cigarettes now. I believe I'm delivered from the pornography now. I believe that I'm delivered from the uh, drugs now. I believe that I'm delivered from the alcohol now. I believe that I'm delivered. I believe that I'm delivered. I believe that I'm delivered. I believe that I'm healed. I believe that I am healed. I believe that I have my needs met. I believe that I have the wisdom. It, I received it as a now reality. That's how I respond. I agree with what God says. I'm not going to say nothing different than what God says. I agree with him. Then I receive it as a now reality. And then T, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be the predominant thing. When I'm talking to God, I'm not going to be asking God for it. I'm not going to be saying, God, give it to me. I'm not going to be saying, God, what's, why it's taking so long. No, I thank you. I thank you. Thanksgiving, Father, I just want to thank you that I'm healed. I received it in Jesus' name. I thank you that I'm delivered. I'm delivered from this. You're, you're communicating your deliverance. You're thanking him before you have any kind of manifestation. That's what faith is. You don't wait till you get a manifestation to thank him. Thanksgiving is the voice of faith. It is the voice of faith. Now, that's your response to God, art. Agree with the past tense of God's word. Receive it in an, as now reality of thanksgiving. Now, how do I respond toward Satan? You resist him with God's word in your mouth. You say exactly what God says. You say, Satan, I agree with God and I resist you. God says I'm healed, Satan. I say I'm healed. I resist sickness. I resist disease. I resist you. God says I have every need met. I resist you, poverty. I will not accept you in the name of Jesus. I do not agree with you. You resist him, but you're resisting him 
from a point of victory. Now listen it carefully. You're resisting Satan from a point of victory. First John 4, 4 says, now listen carefully. I'm about to wrap it up. It says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome him. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in no. We have overcome. We have overcome. So we're going to resist Satan from a position of victory. Now, Satan is a thief. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The word steal means to take another's property without rightful permission, to take what belonged to somebody else without their permission. That's what steal means. He comes to steal. Now, listen carefully now. You're going to get a revelation. He comes to steal. Now, watch this. Satan cannot steal what you don't really already have. Satan comes to steal. He can't steal if you don't already have it. God says you already have it. So you're resisting from a position of victory. If a thief breaks in a house and the house is gutted out, there's nothing in the house, what can the thief steal? Nothing, because there's nothing in the house. You can only steal something that a person's possessed. So when Satan comes to you, he realized that you already have it or he couldn't take it from it. So you're not resisting Satan to get something. You're resisting Satan from taking something. So don't see yourself getting, see Satan trying to take. Don't see yourself as getting See Satan trying to take. If you got a diagnosis from the doctor, don't see yourself as trying to get healed. See Satan as trying to take your healing. You already have it. Satan is trying to take it, and you tell him you can't have it. That's how I talk to the devil. I said, no, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. You can't have my help. You can't have this. You can't have my time. You can't have my money. I don't receive you. I resist you. God says that I'm healed. I agree with him and you can't have it. I don't allow you to. Now I'm resisting from a position of victory. I'm not resisting to get. He's coming to steal because he knows you have it. Now, I want you to, I want you to go back and I want you to listen to this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you get this, this lesson, it will transform your life. I promise you, you will see manifestation. If you start resisting, because you're not trying to get something from God, you're thanking God. If you start resisting the devil from the position that you already have it, 
you're going to be tough with the enemy. You're going to be tough. Listen, this is our last lesson. I want you to go back and get all four of these lessons. We're going to start something new next week. I believe we're going to start talking on some prosperity. I believe God has put some prosperity in my heart, and we're going to begin to talk about that. Listen, I love you, and, and I... We're just going to have a, a great time. I'm going to do something Sunday. I'm going to start talking about this tithing thing. Should Christians tithe? Everybody's been debating it, so I'm going to jump on in there. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. God bless you. See you next time. Mm-hmm.